Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. Say hello to the world's first reusable spacecraft, the Space Shuttle. Hello! We're going to look at that airplane-looking thing that once carried the astronauts, their gear, and whatever they're transporting up to space. It still is the most complicated machine ever built by humans. Let's head back in time to Cape Canaveral, Florida. It's June 8, 2007. Here at the John F. Kennedy Space Center, we'll follow one of the space shuttles on its mission to understand how it works. This is Atlantis. Looks like an airplane attached to a strange structure, a huge tank, and two rockets. Strap in, everyone! 3, 2, 1, ignition! Five engines fire up, and we're off! The two side rockets, the solid rocket boosters, do most of the heavy lifting during launch. In the first two minutes, they lift the whole stack, including the airplane-looking part called the orbiter, up from the launch pad. Way up! The whole thing has to reach a first altitude of about 28 miles. That's like running around your high school track 112 times. When they get there and their work is done, the boosters detach and parachute back to Earth. Later, they'll be recovered and refurbished to be used in future missions. This is the most stressful part of the flight. The astronauts are pressed into their seats, watching the clouds zoom past. It's at this point that the astronauts experience a G-force of about three. (laughs) Sounds intense. Actually, it's less Gs than pilots normally experience when they do a loop mid-air. Not exactly a problem for highly trained astronauts. Now, the three main engines on the orbiter take over the rest of the job. They have to boost it even further into space. This final push only lasts about six minutes. It's these engines that burn the fuel from that huge orange tank. They help the orbiter reach a speed of 4.8 miles per second at 70 football fields in the blink of an eye. So, it's been about 8.5 minutes since liftoff, and the shuttle's 70 miles up. The orange tank is out of fuel, and it detaches. It falls back to Earth, burning up in the atmosphere. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Bye-bye. By the way, all detaching is done with the help of explosive bolts. It's a whole technical thing, but basically, when anything separates from the shuttle, there are awesome but highly controlled space explosions. Okay, the goal of Atlantis is orbit, but we're still a bit too low yet. It's time for the last stage of the engines, the orbital maneuvering system. 
Two smaller engines next to the big main ones make the final push. And we've arrived! The space shuttle is finally orbiting the Earth. It moves at a speed of about 17,500 miles per hour and circles our planet every 90 minutes. Now, Atlantis, just like an oyster, opens its shell to deliver its pearl, the payload. So how much are we talking about here? About the weight of two school buses. That's a whole lot of research equipment, satellites, or whatever important thing they need. One cool thing is that the shuttle orbits upside down and backwards. Why? Well, flying backwards helps to keep the astronauts safer in case there's any space trash in its path. Upside down, the shuttle can use its thermal tiles to protect it from the sun's heat, and it helps protect the cargo the shuttle is delivering. Okay, the payload's been delivered, and it's time to get back to Earth. The orbital maneuvering system kicks back in. As the shuttle keeps moving backwards, the engines slow the orbiter down to the right speed for deorbit and return to Earth. Now our astronauts have a bit of a bumpy ride. This stage is called re-entry. The shuttle turns around and begins to enter the Earth's atmosphere. Air friction heats up the bottom of the shuttle up to 3,000 degrees. That's hotter than lava, almost twice as high. <laughs> Don't touch! At this time, the astronauts experience a g-force of about one and a half. That's about what you feel in your stomach right when you take off from a normal airplane. Once it's through the re-entry into the atmosphere, the shuttle slows its speed and prepares for landing. The landing itself is the same as an ordinary plane. Well, almost the same. The astronauts have called the orbiter a flying brick. That means there's no engine power and they glide back to base for their one and only shot at a safe landing. When they reach 1,600 feet, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He released the landing gear. Success! The shuttle touches down on the runway, traveling at about 200 miles per hour. Regular planes touch down at about 150 miles per hour. The shuttle's going way too fast to just slam on the brakes. So, to slow down, it deploys a big parachute and rolls and rolls to a stop. The shuttle's back on Earth. Mission complete. You might have seen pictures of the orbiter hitching a ride on a Boeing 747 airplane. That's how they would transport the orbiter from the landing site back to the launch pad or other places if needed. A total of six space shuttles were built. The first one was called Enterprise, as a nod to Star Trek fans. It never flew into space, but was used for testing right here on Earth. The shuttle that flew the most missions was named Discovery. It went up to space 39 times. It was discovery that put the Hubble telescope into orbit, the telescope that confirmed the existence of black holes at the center of some galaxies. The last space shuttle mission was made by Atlantis. Its first flight was in 1985, its last one was in 2011. If you want to see one up close, you can! Head to different museums around the United States. For now, let's take a quick virtual tour. The shuttles are two subway cars long, 
and their wingspan is just a little less than a commercial jet plane. Now, look at the shuttle nose. See all those holes? They're thrusters. When the astronauts wanted to maneuver in space, they used these guys. There are more thrusters in the tail of the shuttle. Right behind the nose is the crew compartment. It's where the astronauts spent most of their time. The average mission had seven astronauts. What do you think their favorite pastime is up there? The main cabin consists of three levels. The flight deck. That's where the commanders and the pilots sit in front of a panorama of control panels and switches, just like in an airplane. Then there's the mid-deck. This is where the crew eat, sleep, and work. There's a kitchen and a toilet. Check out the sleeping arrangements. Three horizontal spots and two vertical ones. Hey, there's no gravity in space, so it doesn't matter if you sleep sideways, upright, diagonal, it all feels the same. Zero-gravity toilet. That must be interesting. The lower deck is the equipment deck. There's storage space for water, waste, and more equipment for, you know, space stuff. This three-level cabin is the only airtight part of the shuttle. If you want to go somewhere else, you need a spacesuit. The black bottom of the shuttle is thermal protection. It's made up of 27,000 tiles, each glued on by hand, which protect the shuttle from high temperatures during re-entry. Now, let's check out the payload bay. This part could only open when the shuttle's in orbit. Its hatches served as radiators to release excessive heat. The shuttles usually carried satellites, modules, or equipment and provisions for the ISS, the International Space Station. Some of the shuttles had research modules attached to them, like Atlantis. It's connected with an airlock to the middle deck of the main cabin. Just imagine floating through a pipe to this extra compartment, all in the name of science. One of the coolest parts of the shuttle? Definitely the Canada arm. Why? Because it's a giant outer space robot arm. It was built in Canada, eh? The arm was operated from the flight deck and was used to unload cargo and sometimes even to move astronauts around in outer space. The space shuttle program played a very important role in the construction of the International Space Station. It helped transport some of the modules up into space and even helped fit them onto the space station. Later, shuttles had a modified airlock that let them dock right with the space station. The astronauts could float directly from their ship to the ISS. The entire space shuttle program cost about $200 billion. That's like buying the world's largest diamond a hundred times over. For comparison, the most expensive human-made object in the world is the International Space Station, estimated at about $150 billion. So, want to hitch a ride up into space? Well, pretty soon you won't have to go through astronaut training. You'll be able to book a flight on a private spaceship. Out into orbit, to the moon, to Mars? Who knows where we'll be able to go?